0: We are finishing up a series today called Sweeping It Under the Carpet. You and I
1: have an age-old tendency that goes all the way back to Adam and Eve that when we sin, we want to cover it. We want to do our best to keep it from others, from knowing about it, or just to plain ignore it in our lives. And what we have seen over the last few weeks is, is that sin is of such a nature, you can't ignore it. You can't just sweep it under the carpet and hopes that it will go away because the fact of the matter is it isn't going to go away. It's kind of like when you clean your house, isn't it, ladies? And you decide to get rid of that pile and you're too lazy to go take it to the garbage can and you put it on the carpet. You know it's still there. You know it's still there. You know that it's going to have to be cleaned up sometime and if somebody pulls back that carpet, what are they going to find? A pile of dust. Dirt. In my house, Legos. And... The reality is, is that's so true for our lives, isn't it? Because ultimately, listen to me, ultimately one day somebody's going to lift the carpet. Somebody's going to expose it. And the reality is what we're going to see in our passage today is that ultimately it's God who exposes it. God who lifts the carpet. Now here's the problem though. We can get in such a mindset that all we have to do is cover it, it'll never be exposed, that we ignore the reality of the fact is is that all sin by its very nature must be exposed and it will wreak havoc in your lives. See, that's the tragedy of ignoring it. So what we're going to see today is is that ultimately your dust pile under your carpet, your sin that you're covering up, is going to be exposed. So notice with me, Romans chapter 2, we're going to look at a passage, it's an interesting passage, it's a passage of condemnation. It's Paul presenting to in first three chapters, verses one chapter one through three, he presents three types of people and shows how each one of them can't stand before God. And really, from chapter two, where he talks about the moralist, the one who says he's okay, he shows that God will judge that one because of the sin in his life, because God will reveal everything. Well, look at what he says. Look with me at verse one. We're going to read the first Sixteen verses. Therefore you are inexcusable, O man, for whoever you are who judge. For in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. For you know the judgment of God is according to the truth against those who practice such things. Do you think this, O man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? But in accordance with your hardness and your impotent heart, you are treasuring up for yourselves wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing Good. Seek for glory, honor, and immortality. But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish on every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first and also of the Greek. But glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For there is no partiality with God for as many have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. But as many have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. Or when Gentiles who did not have the law by nature do the things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and between themselves their thoughts accusing or else excusing them, in the day when God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. When we talk about the whole fact that one day the stuff that we cover up, and let's be honest, I've already mentioned this before, I'll mention it again. Everybody recognize here that we're all sinners. Everybody recognize that? Do because it's awfully hard sometimes for us to acknowledge that. I want you to look to your neighbor there and say, I'm a sinner. Go ahead, tell him that. Now some of you are having a hard time even doing that. Because we want to think that we're okay, right? But the fact of the matter is, we're not okay. We do sin. And our tendency, listen to me, our tendency is to cover it. But what we just read is, is that God one day will reveal the secrets of our heart. He will reveal the secrets that we try to cover up in our heart. That's reality. Now, we don't look forward to that, do we? I'm not. But what we're going to see from this passage are several things. First of all, we're going to notice in verses 1 to 4, we're going to see our guilt. We're guilty. We're going to see in verses 5 through 11, the righteous judge. And then when we get to the third section, which is verse 12 through 16, we're going to see that we're exposed. So let's first of all talk about our guilt. Verse 1 tells us something, and I think this is very interesting because we have this tendency. He says, we judge others as we ignore our own sin. We judge others as we ignore our own sin. Now here's what's going on. When you cover sin in your life, when you... Try to cover it up and act like it doesn't happen. Here's what the normal human tendency is. Because you're covering it up, you want to act like it's not a problem. You want to ignore it. Here's how we have a tendency to ignore sin in our lives. We then begin to focus on the sin in other people's lives. Have you noticed that? We make ourselves feel good by condemning other people. Do you understand what I'm saying? So if I've got something I'm covering up, I know it's bothering me, but how I make myself feel good is is that rather than focusing on what I did wrong because I want to ignore it, I'm going to focus on what you did wrong. I'm going to start condemning you. Because you're awfully bad. And this is what I've noticed with people. I've noticed with people who have been in the ditch of life. Who are in the bottom rung. who Who you think they couldn't do any worse. And when you talk to them, they are justified in themselves because they're saying, well, I'm not as bad as that guy over there. And what they're doing is they're condemning someone else to make themselves feel good. Now, here's the problem. Here's what I want you to see. Is that we have that tendency, what? We judge others when we ignore the, our sin in our own lives. Is that not our tendency? We are very condemning, very harsh towards other people when we, what? Ignore our sin. Now, here's the problem. When you look at verses 2 through 4, here's the next point I want you to see, is that we will be judged by our own standards. See, God looks at that and sees that you're trying to ignore the sin in your life and sees that in turn, to make yourselves feel good, you're condemning of someone else. So here's what God says. Look with me at verse 2 and 4. Look at what he says there. But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. And do you think, old oh man, who judge those practicing such things and doing the same that you will escape the judgment of God? Here's what he's saying. If I had a measuring stick here, let's say, let's pretend I have a big yardstick here. And if I were to take that, my moral yardstick, and what I do is, is I measure everybody in the room according to my moral yardstick. And what I find is, is that as I get my yardstick out and I'm measuring every one of you, I'm saying, oh, you're not good in that area. You're not good in that area. Isn't that our tendency? Oh, you're messing around in this area. Messing around in that area. Here's what Paul's saying in this passage. The very standard by which I judge others, I will be judged by. You hear what I'm saying? See, when we try to cover sin in our lives, we're ignoring it. And what happens is, we're critical, we're condemning of others, We've got our measuring sticks out, measuring how everybody else is. And then the problem is, as Paul says, God says, hey, do you think you're going to get away with what you're doing? You're condemning others for the very same thing that you are practicing. You are condemning others for the very same thing that you are practicing. And here's what's going on. The very standard by which you judge others, you yourself will be judged by. So think about that. So let's do an exercise here for a moment. I want you to think about somebody, because every one of us has somebody that you don't like, that you're critical of, and they're engaged in some sort of whatever that you are criticizing them for. So I want you to think, it shouldn't be hard, it should automatically pop in your mind. You've got somebody right there in your mind. So here's what I want you to see. What I want you to see is that the very standard that you're using, now apply it to your own life, how you're doing the very standard that you're judging them by, how are you doing with that standard? And the reality is, we're not doing very good at all, are we? Because the fact of the matter is, in fact, isn't that what Jesus did? Remember the story in John? When they brought to him the woman caught in adultery, and they wanted to catch him, and they said, what does the law say? And, he, you know, of course, they wanted to be sure because the law said someone caught in adultery was to be stoned. And so they were trying to get Jesus into this quandary. And so Jesus answers and says to them, He who is without sin, let him what? Cast the first stone. So what happened? Did they stone her? No, it says from the oldest to the youngest, they left. Now, why do you think the oldest left first? Well, when you're older, you know your failures. You know your struggles. Now, when you're young, you don't think there's anything wrong. Isn't that true? But the older you get, you begin to realize more your frailty and what you've done wrong. So therefore, they couldn't condemn her. Why? Because they themselves were condemned. They themselves were condemned. So that's what we see as the second point there, is that we will be judged by our own standards. So, now let me just stop for a moment. So you say, well, if I can't be judgmental of them, and if, if I'm going to be judging my own self by my own standard, who is the judge then? It's not you and I. The judge is God. So let's look with me. We're going to see the righteous judge. Look with me at verses 5 through 7, and look at what it says there. But in accordance with the hardness and the impotent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath, and the revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. But to those who are self-seeking, And do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish on every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first, and also of the Greek. Here's what he's saying. First of all, God will judge us according to our God will judge us according to our deeds. Let me just stop for a moment, because you might be sitting here saying, Well, you know, hey, I understand that, for an unsaved person, a person who has not trusted in Jesus Christ as their Savior. You're right. They're going to be judged according to their deeds. But you know what, George? I'm saved. I'm okay. No, you're not. You're saved from the fires of hell, but you're not saved from a judgment. You say, what do you mean? The very scripture, all throughout scripture, it tells us that every one of us here has to give an account for our life. Period. Now, if you're saved, you're saved from the wrath that is to come, that is hell, because Jesus paid the price for your sin. But Jesus did not take away from you the fact that one day you have to give an account. You say, What are you talking about? You go all the way to First Corinthians chapter three. Paul talks about building on the foundation. The foundation that is Christ, for he's talking about a believer, and you're building on a foundation in your life. Now he says, Your deeds are adding foundation gold, silver, precious stones, or he says, wood, hay, stubble. So you're building on the foundation. A Christ in your life, Christian, and you're building on it by your actions and your deeds and your attitudes, and you're building onto it gold, wood, hay, stubble, precious stones, silver, and what it says is that one day we're going to have to stand before God. It says that in one day all of our works will be judged and it will pass through the fire. Now what happens to gold, silver, and precious stones when they pass through the fire? Anybody? What happens? Do they get burned up? No. They're purified. But if I were to put wood, hay, stubble in the fire, what happens to it? It's burned up. And then it says this, that some will lose everything except that they're saved. See, we've got to understand that there's an account for our way we live our lives. See, the righteous judge is going to judge us according to our deeds. Now, here's what happens. When you and I sweep the sin under the carpet and we ignore it, here's what we're doing. We're forgetting something. We think we can cover it. Are we good at covering it? You might be. But the fact of the matter is, is one day somebody's going to lift the carpet, God. Because the righteous judge will judge us according to what? Our deeds and our actions. Now, if you're unsaved, the ultimate judgment is hell. But my friends, if you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior and committed your life to Him what happens is is yes, your deeds will be judged but it will determine your reward later on in Heaven and some will have everything lost except they'll have salvation we've got to remember that because we're going to stand before a righteous judge who will judge us according to our deeds now, here's what He's going to do I want you to see this because here's what happens is is that we sometimes think that God is partial but this is the next point God shows no partiality in His judgment God shows no partiality. He's not like you and I. Have you noticed that? We sometimes show partiality, whether we like to or not. You know, We're partial, aren't we? But here's what I want you to see. God is impartial. God doesn't show any partiality to anyone. And so when He looks at someone who doesn't know Jesus Christ, He's going to do the same way that He deals with the one who is His child. In fact, the Scripture tells us that he will deal with us even more so than the one who doesn't know. you understand what I'm saying? He'll deal with us even more so about the stuff in our lives because we know, what? Better. And to whom much is given, the Scripture says, much is required. And so when we look at a righteous judge who will judge us according to our deeds, he's not going to show any partiality in his judgment towards us. He's going to deal with me just like He deals with you. Now, some of you, that should be a comfort to you because you live in defeat, because you're thinking back, well, you don't remember what I did, and you don't know what I did 20 years ago, or 10 years ago, or 5 years ago, or even last week. My friends, God will look at you and I the same way, even if I hadn't done it. We'll all be held accountable to the same standard, His law. And here, let me explain something to you. Well. It's not like the rich young ruler who went to Jesus and said, what must I do for eternal life? And Jesus says, well, you know the commandments. And the young man says to Jesus, well, I have kept all of them since I was a boy. Jesus said, well, you're lacking in one area. Sell all that you have and give it to the poor and then follow me. And that young man went away sorrowful. And Jesus said it was hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Now, one of the things Jesus said later on is this, is that when you and I stumble in one area of the law, we have what? Violated the whole law. And some of us will sit here and we'll be self-righteous. So, for instance, if we see somebody addicted to drugs, we sit there and our, our, our attitude is, well, at least I'm not doing that. No, but you're doing something else. And as far as God is concerned, he shows no partiality towards you over the one Who's doing drugs. All of us need Jesus. All of us do wrong. All of us what? Sin. And so we need to recognize that. He shows no partiality in his judgment. Now what I want you to see then is, is that he goes on in verses 12 through 16, and he tells us something here, and here's what he's going to say. He's going to tell us that we're exposed, and the number one thing that exposes us, here's the point, our conscience exposes our sin. Our conscience exposes our sin. Look at what he says, verse 13. For not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. For when Gentiles who did not have the law by nature do things in the law, these, although not having the law, are laws to themselves, they show the work of the law written in their hearts and their conscience also bearing witness And between them, their thoughts, accusing or else excusing them. Here's what Paul is saying. When we think about it, we're guilty. And we think about the righteous judge who's going to judge us. And he's going to judge us according to our deeds, and he's not going to show partiality in his judgment. And then he comes to this section, and now he says, The fact of the matter is, my friends, as you read this, the reality is this. You and I are exposed, and the number one thing that exposes us is what? our conscience, our hearts. say, really? Yeah, look. Because remember what I told you. Why are we critical about other people? Why are we so condemning about other people? Why do we wag the finger at other people about what they're doing? Why do we do that? Because one of the reasons why is because it helps us ease, what? Our own conscience. It helps us ease our own guilt and to find someone else who's doing far worse than us because we can say, well, we're not that." But the reality is, what? Our own conscience, what? It's condemning us. It's exposing us. It's revealing to us that we're what? Fake. We're not real. Because we're trying to sweep it under the carpet. We're trying to ignore it. And the reality is we stand condemned in our own conscience. We stand condemned in our own conscience. Our conscience tells us we're wrong. It tells us we're wrong. And so then, here's what he's also saying. Look with me at verse 16. This is powerful because this is what you and I have to grasp. We may try to cover it. We may try to ignore it. We may try to deflect it by condemning others. But Paul brings it right down to this summary statement in verse 16. Look at what he says there. In the day when God will judge the secrets of the men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel here's what he's saying all sin will be revealed in the day of judgment listen to me you may be here and the chances are this is true what i'm going to say and you have done something and your conscience condemns you you're here and it's there you have done something and and in fact you just are ignoring it you may be try to cover it you know you cover your guilty conscience by condemning other people judging them And nobody else knows it. And you're just ignoring it. Nobody else knows. Here's what the Apostle Paul is telling us in verse 16. That one day when the righteous judge comes, and who's the righteous judge, people? Jesus. All the secret things of our heart, all the stuff that no one else knows about, will be what?
0: Will be revealed.
1: Won't that be an embarrassing moment? You know what I'm saying? And here's the thing, we live our lives trying to ignore it, trying not to deal with it, making excuses for it, acting by criticizing others, all the time duping ourselves. You hear what I'm saying? All the time trying to think that we're okay, that nobody will ever find out, but then the Bible tells us very clearly that it will be revealed. In fact, you're saying, well, that's just one passage, George, that's just one verse. No, actually, here's what I did. When I did this study, I found four different verses in four different places. In Matthew's Gospel, the 10th chapter to the 26th verse, Jesus talks about how everything that is hidden will be revealed. Paul says this. In fact, I think this is a good verse because you might be sitting there saying, man, this is condemning to me. Well, let me read to you what 1 Corinthians says. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And I think this is a good note for us to make right here because even as you're condemned as you're thinking about it. Here's what he's saying. Verse 5 says, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes. So here again, he's addressing this issue of us being critical of others. Of us judging other people because there's stuff in our own lives. Listen to what he says. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes. Who will bring to light, listen to this, he's talking about Jesus in the day of judgment, who will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal The counsels of the heart. So listen, even if you've done right, but your motives were wrong, what happens? Your motives are exposed. But you say, oh, that's condemning. But listen to this. Then each one's praise will come from God. You say, well, well, wait a minute. Hold on a second. What do you mean each one's praise will come from God? When, When God exposes the stuff in my life and the secret things in my life, I'm not going to be praising Him about that, that He exposed it from my life. I'm actually going to be quite embarrassed, aren't we? We're going to be ashamed. Where in the world am I going to praise him for? Here's what Paul's implying in this verse I'm going to praise him because he shows grace to me because I don't deserve it. You know what I'm saying? He's going to show grace to me, Christian. He's going to show grace to you, even though you don't deserve it. He may reveal the dark things of your life, but because you know Jesus, He will show mercy and forgiveness to you. Therefore, even because of the stuff in your life, you can what? Praise Him. Because He was merciful to you. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? So our conscience will expose us, but also what we see there is this. All will be revealed in the day of judgment. Now you say, okay, George, as we're wrapping up this series about sweeping it under the carpet, especially today as you're saying about, man, the stuff of my life is going to be revealed. And yeah, I understand the mercy of God. How do do I apply this to my life? How do I apply it to my life? Where do we go with this? Well, I've got three thoughts for you. first one's this. Are you critical of others? Are you critical of others? Listen, I want you to understand something. When you slam someone else, do you understand what I mean by slamming? When you put down someone else, when you are judgmental of them, when you are judging them because of the stuff in their life, here's what you're doing. You are placing yourself in the seat of judgment. You are saying that you have the right to, first of all, judge what they're doing and that you got it together. So let's be honest. Do we have it together here? No, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't have it together. And if I ever come to the place of thinking I ever have it together, I'm going to ask my wife. And she'll say, no, you ain't got it together. Here's what happens. When you place yourself in a position of being critical towards others, you are coming from it from the place of pride. It's pride. And with and, and be honest with you, pride is the chief sin. It's exalting yourself above others. And here's the reality. You are trying to ease your own conscience. You are trying to ease what's going on in your life. You're trying to, to say that you're okay, even in spite of the stuff that you're covering. And that's why the question is, are you critical of others? Because if you're critical of others, you need to maybe examine something. And it's a real easy trap to fall into. And here's what happens when you fall into that trap where you are critical of other people. What's going on there is, is that if you are critical, it's revealing something deeper in your life. There's something that you're hiding about yourself. And you're ignoring something in your life. Because when you ignore it, you are failing to remember the fact that you were saved. You are a child of God in spite of you, not because of you. And the response needs to be humility. Here's the other thing I want you to see. Recognize that you condemn yourself. The very measuring stick that you are measuring other people by, you can't even measure up to yourself. Do you realize that? The very measuring stick that you condemn others by, you yourself can't stand up against it yourself. Only, the only difference is between you and that other person is, is that maybe you're covering your sin a little bit better than they are. You're covering your sin a little bit better. And here's the problem. When the judge comes, when Jesus comes, you'll be judged by your standard. So then what does this bring us to? It brings us to the third point. Here's this thing. Don't sweep it under the carpet. Don't ignore it. Here's what you got to do. You've got to acknowledge your sin and turn back to God. Acknowledge your sin and turn back to God. Because here's the thing. Here's what John says. John in 1 John. If we confess our sin, He is what? He, God, is what? Faithful and just to what? Forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here's the thing. He's not going to drop the hammer on you. He's going to bring what into your life? Forgiveness. Grace. That's why Paul could say what he said in 1 Corinthians 4, that when he exposes it, there will be praise. Why? Because there's forgiveness. And so some of you maybe need to acknowledge it and turn from it. Because one day it will be acknowledged. And it's better to acknowledge it now than to have it revealed later.
0: Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania.